This episode contains some elements that might be disturbing to some people. We're talking about sexual assault, including rape. And so if this is something that would be difficult for you, please just use your discretion if you decide to listen or to share this episode. According to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, every 68 seconds, another American is sexually assaulted. That is nearly one every minute, nearly 60 every hour, more than 1,270 new victims every single day. I'd say somebody needs to do something about it, and there's no reason it can't be you and me. Hey, everybody, welcome to The Unlovely Truth. I'm your host, private investigator Lori Morrison, and I'm going to bring you several stories today from the world of true crime, and we're going to see where those intersect with our faith. I want us to join forces to answer what I believe is every Christian's calling, and that is to be a different kind of PI, a person of impact. And we're going to learn a practical way to do that after we talk about these cases from today's book. This is Season 3, Episode 29, and our book this week is You Are Not Alone by Jessica Schwartz, a compilation of true stories of abuse, sexual assault, and harassment. Now, I understand not every survivor of sexual assault wants to tell their story. Some think that maybe people aren't going to believe them, or worse, they fear that they're going to be shamed. And the author said that she was inspired to write this book because she saw that happening, She didn't want to sit on the sidelines, and she didn't want to hope that someone else would fix things. The stories she's collected are from young and old, male and female, and they're from all over the world. I hope, though, that everyone listening will see these survivors as more than just victims and even more than just survivors. I want us to look at them as moms, daughters, sons, our friends, and as advocates. As you listen to these stories, I also want us all to ask ourselves some questions. When will we come to the point where we start to shift our focus from teaching women how to protect themselves from sexual assault, although that is important, but when will we shift that focus to teaching men not to commit sexual assault? And yes, sometimes it is women, and so we have to address that too, but the vast majority of victims are women and the vast majority of perpetrators are men. Our first story is Lisa from Missouri. She was feeling a bit depressed when she decided that she would sign up for the free counseling offered at her college. By the time her second session rolled around, she knew that there was trouble. Her counselor began asking deeply personal questions about her sex life while he rubbed her shoulders and told her that he could fix her problems for her. Karen from Pennsylvania grew up with an alcoholic mother who turned a blind eye when Karen's father began to molest her when she was just four years old. And not surprisingly, as a teenager, Karen then sought affection in unhealthy ways. She used drugs and alcohol to numb the pain that she was in. And you might wonder why someone like Karen wouldn't report what had happened to her as soon as she was old enough to understand that she could. Even then, Some of these women and men feel such shame that they never ever come to a point where they believed that what happened to them isn't somehow their fault. That's what their abusers told them. And many are even threatened with physical harm by their abusers. And sadly, in our society, they know that they very easily could be blamed 
and that stops a lot of them from coming forward. People ask questions like, well, what were you wearing? Had you been drinking? And things like that. It does not matter. It does not matter whether someone's been drinking, what they're wearing, where they were, who they were with. No one asks to be assaulted. You may not realize it, but you probably know someone who's been sexually assaulted or abused or at the very least harassed. But because so few feel safe sharing those stories, we just don't know. Think about your own life. Have you ever been grabbed in a personal place like Lisa from New Jersey was? Have you ever been stalked by an ex who just wouldn't accept the end of your relationship like Michelle from California? Or for all of you guys listening, have you ever been abused as a teen by a trusted faith leader like Ryan from Massachusetts? And then there's May from Florida who shared a story that really, really resonated with me. I'm a pretty petite person, and so it's very scary knowing that most men could just physically overpower me. So when you walk past a group of them who are making comments about our bodies, it's intimidating. I think probably a lot of you can relate to that. But then May's story veered sharply away from anything I had ever experienced. Her father, who had always treated her well when she was a child, suddenly fell into deep financial trouble. He told her that he needed her help. He could make a lot of money and make things right for himself again if only she'd let him take naked pictures of her. This book, You Are Not Alone, has so many more stories, each one as heartbreaking as the one before in their own way. But I don't want us to overlook that it also contains a message of hope, and it's right there in the title. If anything like any of these stories has happened to you, you're not alone. Each of these men and women told their own stories because they're survivors, and they're no longer ashamed, no longer blaming themselves, and maybe, most importantly, they're no longer silent. I have had the wonderful opportunity recently to interview nearly two dozen faith-based content creators who are absolutely doing amazing work, and they're ministering to people in so many different ways. I'm excited to share their stories with you. There's a link in the show notes for you to sign up for access to the Expand Your Impact Summit. I hope you'll check out these amazing creators. I sincerely believe that predators are, at heart, just like bullies. They only target people weaker than themselves. So when you look at the stories from this book, you find that people in their later teenage years are four times more likely to be victims of rape, attempted rape, and other forms of sexual assault. Female college students are three times more likely than the population at large to be victims of sexual violence, and many, sadly, will not report their assault. We don't often think of jail or prison inmates as victims, but did you know that over 80,000 of them will be assaulted each year? And over half of these assaults are committed by prison or jail staff members? And it's hard to wrap your mind around this one. And it just, it makes me so angry and sad all at the same time. But people with disabilities are twice as likely to experience sexual assault as those of us without a disability. And roughly 63,000 children are sexually abused each and every year. 
the most vulnerable among us are the ones targeted by predators. We've talked a bit about victim blaming, but what about what you hear about false reports of assault? That is certainly a favorite defense of the accused. And we do need to consider that possibility. But let's look at the statistics. I checked out several reports. And when you just kind of combine what all of them are saying, false reports of sexual assault seem to range between 2 and 10% of all reports. Now, different reports used different criteria. And most of them, I will say, leaned toward that lower end of the range. We certainly do not want innocent people accused and convicted of things that they didn't do. But I think what these studies show us is that the overwhelming majority of accusations are credible. What we've talked about today has always been a tough issue, but there's hope. There's so many great organizations and individuals fighting for the rights of victims. And I want to say, if you're a survivor and if you've ever shared your story, you are truly a person of impact. But if you've lived through an assault and you've never shared your story, that's okay. Your first priority is healing for yourself. Out of all violent crimes, sexual assault is the least reported. In the majority of cases, though, the victim knows the person who assaulted them. So many survivors, understandably, struggle with PTSD, anxiety, depression, and other issues for years after their experience. So if you know anyone, including yourself, who is still struggling, please, Encourage them to seek help from counselors who are trained and experienced in working with victims of trauma. I know that it's hard sometimes to focus on our own needs. I want to share a story with you that really illustrates why we have to. If you've ever traveled on a plane, when the airline attendants are giving the safety lectures, one of the things they always tell you is that if something happens to the plane to the point where the oxygen masks drop down, don't put other people's on them until you've already put your own on. If you don't take care of yours first, you're not going to be physically able to take care of anyone else. I really think that that lesson applies in so many areas of our lives. Especially as women, we want to help everybody else and attend to our needs last if we attend to them at all. So please make sure that you're taking care of yourself first. That is how you are going to be most impactful for the people that you love. I think we all know that we live in a very, very broken world. When you look to scripture to see what it has to say about people who have been victimized in this ugly, ugly way, it actually has quite a few passages about rape. Genesis 34 includes the rape of Dinah. Rape is discussed in multiple passages in Deuteronomy, Leviticus, 2 Samuel, and Numbers. Now, some of these verses seem very strange to our modern ears, but when you take them together and you put them in context, it helps us understand that any type of sexual assault is completely opposite to how God wants humans to be treated. Abusing anyone in any way is sinful behavior. Since God's word is so very clear about helping people in need and people who are in vulnerable situations, I want us to talk about this week's practical action step. I want each one of us to find an organization near us that helps victims of sexual assault. Maybe that's a rape crisis center or a group on a local college campus. Maybe you know of a local church that has an outreach or a support group for survivors of sexual assault. 
Does your local law enforcement have a squad dedicated to sex crimes? Find and choose one of these groups and just thank them. Send them a card or flowers or maybe some gift cards from your favorite coffee shop. Let them know how much you appreciate what they do. You might even find yourself wanting to volunteer with them. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, I want you to be sure to check out some of the earlier ones I've done. I've just had so many amazing guests who have given me fantastic information that you will not want to miss. You can also find ways to help someone else to begin their journey as a different kind of PI, a person of impact. So please share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and give me a five-star rating with a nice review. The Unlovely Truth is written and produced by me, Lori Morrison. Music is by Neocortex, and the artwork is by Shelby Highland. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 